Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Jeech, how's it going? Hey, Chris, how are you? Oh, so good. It's good. another week, another episode. Another week, another episode. Man, I feel like it's been a minute since we recorded. Uh, because we did two in a week. We did do two in a week. We had yeah. we had Sarah, and we had to stagger those episodes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very grateful for Sarah coming on. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, probably one of my favorite we've recorded in quite yeah. a while. It was really really good, really meaningful. Sarah is an absolutely lovely wonderful gem of a person um and so even if you're like oh i don't know if i want to listen to a more serious episode about mental health do it for the sarah alone she is fabulous <laughs> absolutely we tried to not dive deep yes <laughs> keep it light but efficient wonderful anything to announce before we start nothing to announce but i've got a question for you chris yes what was the most millennial thing that happened to you this week okay most millennial thing, um, I've never outgrown my craving for Taco Bell <laughs> since high school. I still think Taco Bell, even though they reduced their menu so much, like there's so many good things that aren't on the menu anymore. I wish they would at least take uh, McDonald's lead on the McRib and bring a couple of those things back. What would you want to be, be brought back? Um, you, Mexican pizza. Mexican pizza is back now permanently. Permanently? Permanently. I'm going to have to like follow them <laughs> on the news and let Taco Bell push notifications come to me. Yes, thank you though for thinking of me first. <laughs> That's very kind. Right, but the Frito Burrito, let's be real, one of the <laughs> best value menu options that has existed to date. But uh, we got a craving for it the other night. And you found out that Taco Bell independently delivers, not through DoorDash, but uniquely delivers across the U.S. Is that right? I think it is in like conjunction with DoorDash, but okay. you deliver, you order it and it gets delivered directly from the app. Yes. It's incredible. That has to be the most millennial thing I did this week. <laughs> Taco, Taco Bell, Bell delivery. <laughs> and they left it on the cold, cold doorstep. They did. They did. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Taco Bell. <laughs> amazing wonderful and uh i guess we're we're kind of getting into the holiday season yeah when does holiday season start i feel like halloween gets excluded i think halloween should be part of the holiday season i fully believe that's the same too right yeah. it's like let them in let they're a great in. time it is a great time <laughs> <laughs> yeah so holiday season already started we are decorating our tree today and Chris, what is the general theme of Christmas this year? The general theme of yeah. Christmas? Mm -hmm. I don't know if we have a unique theme except happy tree is happy, where we live. Happy tree. I, I feel like it's spooky Christmas this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think everyone needs to know before we post anything online, um, we may be lazy. We may be eccentric. We may be unique. We didn't take the Halloween decorations down. No, the Halloween decorations this year were like 10 out of 10 fabulous. Absolutely could not bear to take them down. The Bat Army had to stay around. The gorgeous I don't mantle. think anyone's seen any of this. I don't know if we posted. <laughs> well, we will post the Christmas tree up with the Bat Army. And Ace, producer Ace, um, 
did this beautiful mantelscape for us for Halloween. Absolutely crushed it. So so we made it Christmas themed by putting a little garland around all the skulls. A little garland, yeah. The glitter, the black <laughs> glitter reindeer are up there now too. <laughs> it's perfect. It's incredible. Tis the season. Yeah. Yeah. But for all of those who think it's a cardinal sin to have a Christmas tree up prior to the Thanksgiving holiday being completed. It seems that we will be more and more in the minority as things go on, and we just need to accept the fate of capitalism and understand that <laughs> Christmas candy is out November 1, and we have no control. There was, like, Christmas candy going, like, in boxes right next to the Halloween candy, ready to go up, like, At the before store. Halloween was even over. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. But this is the, tis the season for Reese's trees, which are my favorite of the Reese's. Ooh, shapes. really? I'm an yeah. egg person myself. The eggs are, are pretty good. Yeah. Eggs are good. Yeah. yeah. The ghosty's what, good. What are we getting into today? Oh, no. What was the most millennial thing that you did? This is a trick you do to me often. <laughs> you ask me a question, and I just take it, and I answer it, and it's never, ever reciprocated, whether it's on the podcast or whether it's in our regular conversations. <laughs> You always smoke bomb out of responses. I don't know if I smoke bomb as much as just don't share my <laughs> end of the response. Um, most millennial thing. I didn't even think because I didn't expect to have to answer. It. I will tell you what the most millennial okay. thing Jillian did. What was it? She lets Taylor Swift run her life. Correct. And when there was a notification to come to the website and wait for something that was unknown or untold about and watch a countdown clock. Mm -hmm. Did it? Yeah, I've purchased every <laughs> single one of the Taylor Swift singles that were available on the site in hopes that I will get an access, an early ticket access code so I can purchase tickets for me and my multiple now groups of friends that are all going to go to this Taylor Swift concert together. Um, TBD, she also did add 17 more shows, so I feel like... The chances are higher now anyways, and especially since we've got so many unique people waiting for this, but by golly, I was not about <laughs> to let an opportunity go by, so for 69 cents a single, I sure did purchase all of them. Just the just the beautiful, <laughs> smiley, blonde songbird, <laughs> evil corp right behind her. <laughs> she is she's a machine. It's fine. <laughs> She can have my 69 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for being millennial this week, Jillian. <laughs> of course. What are we doing? Oh, okay. So today we are kind of, this was, this was originally planned to flow a little bit better from one of our episode weeks ago, but then we just had Halloween in the middle and then we had an opportunity to talk to Sarah. So a little bit like zoop, 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 go back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago about D.A.R.E. Um, and now zoop, 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 back into the future. Here we are. We're going to take one of those drugs that we talked about in our lovely drug suitcase and dare. And, um, although I don't actually remember this one being in the drug suitcase, which might have been helpful. Um, today we're going to talk about millennials and marijuana use. Woo! <laughs> It'll be great. Um, okay. And really how we differ as a generation from other generations and our opinions and our usage and everything with marijuana. Um, so Chris, what were you taught as a young child about marijuana? Um, I was the, I was definitely an audience to the Reagan era war on drugs. Mm -hmm. And then the continuation of that war on drugs 
And so Nancy Reagan, Ronald Reagan, and it was essentially just say no. It was very binary. Drugs are bad. Mm -hmm. Say no to drugs. There's nothing but horrible outcomes associated with drugs. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand when we say drugs, that is a spectrum of a lot of different outcomes, a lot of different substances, a lot of different things. I just want to let everyone know we are very sensitive and aware Addiction is a very real thing. We understand how um, that addiction can have negative outcomes. And so just so everyone's aware, it is it is marijuana use or marijuana as the subset of the drug conversation today. And we are sensitive to all people who uh, have found their sobriety or those who struggle with their sobriety or those people who just struggle generally. Very well said, Chris. Yes, addiction is a, a terrible thing and not something to be taken lightly. Um, and addiction can happen for a lot of reasons and in a lot of cases and a lot of drugs. Um, there are some substances that are found to be like way more addictive than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an important, it's going to play into our, our conversation pretty important today as well. For sure. I just, I didn't want to go forward without acknowledging <laughs> yeah. th- it's a real thing it in is our community. It, it, it really is. Um, it really isn't. That's gonna. We're gonna talk about that in just a minute. Good job. Um, but what did you? What in your brain was like the? Was the experience of using marijuana growing up? Like, what were you taught that would be like, or you would be like as a person if you used it? I think it's always the like worst case scenario that's illustrated to you. Yeah. Um, if it's even taught to you, right? Yeah. I know many. Um, many people I grew up with were using as early as like sixth grade middle school. And so you kind of have a live experience right at the same time. Potentially people think that you're old enough to kind of consume the teachings of like drug use content, like Mm -hmm. dare and other things like that. And so I think it was always like drugs equals like just life falling apart around you, homelessness, like shunned and banned. It's really the polarized outcome yeah. of of that is kind of what I recall. Interesting. Interesting. Nothing was like shown to you to be positive or anything like that. I had no positive outcomes except uh, those of my friends that continue to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it seemed like almost a juxtaposition of (laughs) I'm watching this, I'm seeing this reality, Mm -hmm. but I'm told that this is the outcome. And so I was like, oh, maybe it's like a timing thing or something like Mm, that. Very interesting. Um, Timing thing meaning what? Maybe you have to do it for a while before your life falls apart around (laughs) you. (laughs) Very interesting. But we were all kids. Yeah, we were all kids. We're all kids, right? And I came from a very... uh, conservative religious um, background yeah and while I was exposed to it constantly throughout my interactions with friends mm-hmm. or acquaintances in school or sports uh, I was scared to death of getting in trouble with my parents yeah yeah no that makes a lot of sense um and I agree with you my my teaching of marijuana like uh, what marijuana usage would look like when I was growing up was 
very stark, right? It was like, you'll just be lazy. All you'll want to do is sit on the couch and eat Doritos and play video games. I think if someone taught me that, I'd maybe accept it a lot more. <laughs> I got a way worse reality. That's That was kind of the reality I was painting. It was just like you were unmotivated, right? Like nothing was nothing was really demonized with it but it was just kind of like you will be a loser if you do this like essentially was the messaging um given like there's no positive benefits of this is is what I learned um and I think that's something that kind of across our generation our dare generation that was drilled into us like we were taught about a lot about dangers and not about like appropriate usage or timing or anything because with a lot of the drugs, um, alcohol and marijuana in particular, like, yes, they can affect your brain chemistry when you're young and up to a certain point. That's not taught. You're just taught that they're bad for forever. Like you're never taught like, Hey, you're, you got like a little brain still, your brain is still developing. Doing these things often can like impact you for the rest of your life. So it, while it's not bad, we just need to kind of talk about set and setting, for this yeah it didn't seem like science was much involved as much as uh maybe moral compasses were driving yeah the yeah. the narrative right it, it really is interesting and when you kind of trace back what led to that and the vietnam war and all of those like kind of implications we're not going to get into today um as much but things that kind of affected our previous generations um into that mindset are very very interesting very interesting how they trickle down into what we were taught when we were younger, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So super interesting. Um, now we are, here we are, woo, 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 many years later, and um, there's a lot more like published, accepted research done about marijuana. And um, straight, straight from the doctor's mouth. <laughs> which, which doctor? Uh, is it the Pew Research Center doctor? Uh, we are going to talk about Pew, <laughs> Pew Research <laughs> in a little bit, um, but this is from NCBI, the National Center for Biotechnology Information. That sounds important, but anything can be labeled on the internet. You're right. This is an official website of the United States government. It does tell you as soon as you oh, get on, and it's okay. part of the um, National Institute of Health. Got so it. really, really tried to be like as scientific as possible um, here. And we, we learn um, that there is a lot of good things that can happen from using um, marijuana. And um, just from like a straight medical side, we've got reduces anxiety, reduces inflammation and relieves pain, helps control nausea and vomiting caused by chemo, um, can kill cancer cells and slow growth of tumors, relax tight muscles in people with multiple sclerosis, um, stimulate appetite with cancer and AIDS. There's emerging research on um, treating like treating anxiety disorders like of a of a major kind like PTSD mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like helps relieve insomnia as well. I know like Crohn's disease. There's other yeah, things too, yeah. right? That it's, it can alleviate. These are the ones that this, yeah, this article um, bring out. And also social anxiety was something that was cited, which I had not heard before starting to research this, that mm. um, that was like a proven, a proven thing as well. Um, so there, there are benefits to using it for sure that the medical community says, Hey, these are the benefits. And do you remember when marijuana started to be legalized in a medical sense in some States? It was like 1996 was the first one. I remember the, 
I remember the stories coming out of California, yeah. right? Yeah. I remember people talking about how there were so many air quote doctors yeah. issuing. I mean, you would think the whole state was sick basically is what the <laughs> long story would have been. It's people were going through the, the method to get marijuana mm-hmm. at the, the method that the state was going to allow. And California also has uh, a very strict, uh, general legal system mm-hmm. so it has a three strike system for those people who don't understand uh, if you're convicted of three i guess um i don't misdemeanors. know uh misdemeanors or things like that you you get a sentence in jail like that that's the law at the state level and so many people found themselves uh at odds with the mm-hmm. legal system and marijuana possession or marijuana use right and so a lot of people in order to reduce risk were seeking medical cards Mm -hmm. in order to reduce that risk. Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, and this was well after 1996, um, but I can remember walking down Venice Beach with my family. I was like still in high school at this point. And just, have you been to Venice Beach? I don't know if I've been to Venice. I've been to many of the beaches, but Venice Beach I don't have a recollection of. It's one of my favorites because they've got like a little muscle park where you get to watch all the people do like pull-ups yeah, it's fam- and everything. It's famous. Yeah. And it's where Arnold Schwarzenegger got a lot of his American fame. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. I didn't know it was like famous other than just kind of being fun. Yeah. Um, it's a little gritty. It's it's one of my favorite like beaches to go and hang out at uh, just because it's fun. Um, but it also has kind of a row of what I remember being like, you could buy like little bead bracelets or kind of that, like that style of, um, yeah, like shops. street market type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember tent after tent after tent of like, get your medical marijuana card here. And it was like the first time I'd ever seen it. And I was like, what is this? This is wild. Because in my mind it had just like, I couldn't fathom something that I had been taught was just so bad for people like having some sort of medical use that was not something I ever taught was learned was learned it was not something I was learned in North Carolina I wasn't learned very good (laughs) I was not learned (laughs) oh man yeah yeah it's really interesting to watch and maybe we'll get into this it's really interesting to watch how some states led the charge Mm -hmm. and that those communities uh in the Democratic the democracy that exists in those states made decisions collectively as a community to counteract what a a federal government had taken into, maybe not taken into consideration, but Mm -hmm. had put into place with their uh, class schedules of uh, substances, right? Right, right. Um, So very interesting. So that was kind of like my first um, on a on a governmental level acceptance of marijuana that I remember seeing. Um, but you grew up you grew up in a state that is a large producer of tobacco. Yes. I imagine that there were um, experiences and availability of marijuana in North Carolina on a, in a legal <laughs> setting, but I imagine I don't know much at all when it comes to the horticulture of it. But I imagine North Carolina probably could produce um, marijuana plants as well as they can produce tobacco plants. Yes, 
word on the street. Uh, <laughs> was, yeah. yeah, it was it was a good growing area. Um, there was I I think I can't remember if it was it was just a handful of years after I graduated. The classic tale: the horticulture teacher was fired for growing pot on school grounds. Um, I know, right? Um, but yeah, it was it. Uh, the school I went to, it was, um, you had a lot of like academic pressure on you mm. and a lot of like people were trying to get into some pretty like known, known destinations yeah. after high school. Yeah. So really like everything was kept very quiet, but I did one of my really good friends in middle school. Uh, we kind of lost track of each other when we went to high school as one does, but she just was an unabashed pothead, just live, laugh, loved it. Had, she's still like, I see her on Facebook every once in a while. And she's like a concert going person, dress up like an alien all the time, living her best life. Wonderful. We, yes, we Shaking love the pom-poms Shaking here. the pom-poms. Yeah. She's, she is fabulous. Um, but she was one, she was kind of the exception, right? To that of somebody who did it very openly and it was not secret. Like mm-hmm. you knew where to go, you knew when, but it was pretty much undercover. Um, what yeah. was so what's so interesting is to watch um some of these states and their state governments yeah. making uh changes to the state level laws and it's not always the states you would have thought i think some of them are like yeah they're they're a little bit more open minded yeah. in that state and others but you're watching a lot of states more mm-hmm. and more either decriminalize or at yeah. least accept a medical outcome and it's very interesting that it always needs one person to like start walking in the direction and see if yeah. anyone will get in line, right? right? Right, yeah. It is It is very interesting. And here in Utah, we, we are in Utah. Can I say that? Uh, yes, if, if you haven't up? picked up on that already from <laughs> previous <laughs> Us being episodes. like in the Mountain West and it's really religious. We're in Utah. And um, the people who kind of have led the charge in our area are like a group of medical doctors. And, and now they're... They're very kind people. Um, they have a great podcast um, called, oh my gosh, I can't remember it. I don't know. I've never listened I'm, to it. We'll link it in the show. Uh, but it, it's very interesting, very informative. And Utah right now only has... Um, has medical approved. Medical approved. Thank you. Um, but it, Utah also is known for its opioid... Back, and yes. Addiction. Yeah. yeah. M- many things... Like happen in many communities. There's unfortunately uh, circumstances of of people addressing their life situations with substances, mm-hmm. and it's not unique to Utah as it's, it's unique to other places. But uh, it exists here uh, it, quite a bit. It does exist here, and there's um, there, there's a lot of pain here, and kind of it goes. It seems to go from my observations, kind of hand in hand with the religion, right? If you have a religion that doesn't allow you. Um, freedoms in other ways to address mental health, whether that's through substances of some sort or through like kind of therapy is found upon sometimes. Like you're you're told to seek guidance from your ecclesiastical leaders rather than other people around you, um, and sometimes people self medicate, right? And um, so we're just anxiously waiting. I'm anxiously waiting for kind of the statistics to come out and say, hey, now that we have medical marijuana we have for a few years is has there been a decrease at all um or like who's being i don't know 
I'm just interested. <laughs> yeah, that time in that time frame is going to be interesting to to take a look at. But for those who need it and or want it, I'm very happy for them so that they can uh, reduce the risk, uh, but still be able to help mm-hmm. themselves and treat themselves. Yep, yep. And Utah is. Um, you can check out what conditions are eligible um, for this on the Utah state government website. Um, doctors are also easy to find on that website as well. So if anyone said, hey, this sounds harder than it could be, I would just encourage you if you live in Utah or whatever state you live in to go check it out if you feel like um, this is something that you'd be covered for legally within your state if you have a medical um, only state and then otherwise do what you want. We support you. Be happy. Yeah, absolutely. We are here today to mainly talk about how millennials different on their opinions and usage of marijuana yeah. from other generations. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested in how it is different. Yeah. Or if people just hold hold the 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 line despite having like a different internal narrative. Interesting. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, I think about I think about boomers often when it comes to marijuana because they were so they were so affected by it that uh, a certain in in America, it seems like alternative groups or alter, alternative thought groups are often villainized and linked to drugs. Um, you can see that uh, in Russian propaganda now. When if if you look into it at all, you know they they sit there and make accusations about this alternative, you know, group that doesn't think like themselves and seems like drugs is always tagged to it right yeah and so i think of the boomer generation the the hippie movement is how do i say this correctly is no different but uniquely that theirs Mm -hmm. right it was we no longer agree with the mainstream and we're going to go explore this path and hippies were i guess contrarian to a direction (laughs) that maybe more high level leadership or governments uh, didn't agree with. Right. And they definitely had unabashed uh, relationship with marijuana and potentially other substances. And that is what's shown, right? Yeah. Not necessarily that they had ideas that differed and uh, do they have value or anything, but mm-hmm. it was like, they're just lazy and you know, laden with drugs. Yeah. And what good could that do society? And it's that over and over again, you just replace hippie with a different alternative uh, group or organization through periods of time. And it's always thrust onto the minority. Drugs are bad. And this minority is bad because drugs are associated with Mm. them. And when I say minority, a collective group, not necessarily um, socioeconomic minorities. Right. Mm. Very interesting. Um, no, I think you're exactly exactly right. And it, I was reading a few things on like why it's hard when it's like psychology to get to a collective reason of why in it. Um, but this article that we will link kind of pointed out that the government has an agenda, right? And using um, marijuana or kind of uh, hallucinatory drugs. Um, often brings you a feeling of connectedness to your human (laughs) are you okay yeah great okay to other human beings around you that is kind of um 
not super in line with the big government ideas of especially war at the time, right? Um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the general thought. But again, very hard to get to a specific when you're talking about Right, and I'm sure it's not write, written down anywhere that we can make a public records request and find no. that someone has said this is bad, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so it's, it's super interesting. And it, it does... Um, I am going to be mostly using an article from EarthMed. Um, but they poll their... I liked the way they presented it. Uh, this was written by Canna Randa. Love it. Um, but this is taken with Pew Research Center data. <laughs> so that's what Pew she's Pew Research Center, working hard for us. Working just number one fans here. Um, okay, so we're going to start kind of back. The silent generation. So as a reminder, these are the people born between the 20s and 40s. 1920s and 1940s. Um, what do you think that their opinion on marijuana is? As much reading as I've done about generational thoughts and mm -hmm. generational uh, processing and outcomes, yeah. it always seems to line up that the further and further back you go in the generations, the more they're aligned to um, conservative values and conservative outcomes. And as you continue down the line of the generations, uh, more open-mindedness seems to present itself. So I think they'd be probably pretty lockstep with drugs are bad. Yeah, they are. Um, they are the lowest acceptance rate of legalizing marijuana. Um, but like the numbers aren't actually as low as, as I assumed they would be. I was thinking like 4% of all of the silent generation said like, sure, go ahead. It was, it's 30%. It's 30%. Um, so like kind of one in three. And that covers recreational and medical. They're slightly more favorable towards medical um, than recreational, which we'll continue to see as a pattern. Um, but about 30%. And in the 1930s, so right as they were born or right prior to where they were born, and the use and possession of marijuana was federally outlawed. So that really, like, that was the stance the government took. That's kind of where they lined up for those early years of their life. And prohibition was in their early lives too, right? I don't know where I prohibition where lines prohibition up uh, <laughs> as far as years go, but I, it's pre-World War II, if I'm not mistaken. Is the w Roaring Twenties, like... I think it was right. I think it was right after that. But okay, I'll look it up, guys. We, I, I'm not a historian, but <laughs> if I were to line it all up in my mind, I would think that that generation actually experienced prohibition, which didn't last very long, but it was very damaging. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, okay, so that's kind of the silent generation. Next, we have the baby boomers. So our parents, mm -hmm. right? Um. So they were the kids of the silent generation and also like the greatest generation before that. Um, they had, they kept a lot of the opinions of their parents uh, between um, the mid forties and the mid sixties, which is exactly what you were kind of talking about. They, they got a lot of flack for being very anti-weed um, during that time. Are, what do you think, where do you think their opinions reflect now in 2022? I would think they're split. I would think that there are um, some very open-minded 
uh, boomers. And then I, I think it's probably just exactly what we see today when it comes to political outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd see maybe where boomers, boomers line up. You hit that nail right on the head, Christopher. It's 50-50 right wow. there for recreational use. Sign me up, Pearson. <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay, but this was very interesting to me. 90% of them believe that um, medical marijuana is okay. And why do you think that is? We don't have any like anything to back this up, but why do you think that is? Probably because it falls in line with rules. Interesting. Interesting take. Uh, um, yeah, th- that generation seems... Uh, very conforming around rules and very accepting of of rules themselves. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Um, okay, I like that. I was thinking I went on a whole different. Path. Well, tell tell us about it. It's not this show isn't just <laughs> yeah. about me and my outputs. I was thinking like okay, so at this point, like boomers, they're they're getting a little older. Their aches and pains are a little bit worse. Like they're starting to see some of the. Um, in like greater numbers, some of the things that marijuana really can help with. And so even if they haven't used it, they probably have a friend that's like, my back was really hurting and then I started smoking and now it feels, now I can sleep through the night or. Yeah. I think they feel very comfortable. They're very, um, gosh, that's a broad brushstroke. I think they're more trusting as a generation than those who have come after them. And so if a doctor of some note mm-hmm. has prescribed something yeah. to them. Yeah. It feels safe. It feels normal. It mm-hmm. feels in their lane is how I was thinking. No, that actually, that actually makes a lot of sense. If, if they, if somebody that they trust, doctor, friend says something, then yeah, no, that lines up. Right. That lines up. I think in, in places that, uh, it is accessible and available, Word of mouth is going to catch yeah. that generation and they're going to go figure it out and experience for themselves mm-hmm. as they choose to walk that road for whatever relief that they're seeking from from marijuana yeah. legally, right? Yeah. We're also seeing them start to age out of the workforce, which can also be another consideration into use. Um, although there are kind of lessening of, um, these, of drug testing nationally, um, there are still places that are very strict on drug testing in certain professions that really are. So as they're yeah. aging out too, um, that might be changing their sentiments in some yeah. ways or usage. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think I think boomers sometimes get a bad rap. I think if you if you actually gave them consequences without choice, you'd actually see some folks be more open minded than you were expecting. I bet so. I bet so. I think we've been. Did I say that backwards? If you give them choice without consequence, is what I meant to say. If I said that wrong, without choice. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Consequence without choice is where some of us live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think if you really take, I, I really think that they are a transactional uh, generation. Yeah. The more I yeah. read about things, it's it's this equals that yeah. is what a lot of the experience has been. No, that that is a very interesting take. I had never like kind of put that together. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. All right. Generation X. Generation X, an almost forgotten generation when it really comes down to things. I always think of them as like coders because I think that's how they were depicted to me as little when I was little. It was like, they're the people that know how to code. Interesting. No, my, my sister is a Generation X and her spouse is. And, and it seems like 
they're the tail end of the normalized American dream. Yes. Like it was still affordable. It mm-hmm. was still attainable. You could still touch it. Yeah. Nope. Exactly. What do you think that their sentiments are? Uh, more than boomers, but there's still a moral compass there that might drive them as uh, as an opposing force, but not as much. Truly, the Pew Research Center should hire you because that's exactly right. They are more on general um, willing to accept both like personal and medicinal use, um, but it kind of waffles back and forth and you see it kind of grow, like acceptance grow uh, towards the tail end of the generation into the millennials. Um, but like one thing to note here that the article called out is that right now they're in their 40s and 50s and have the most purchasing power. And so how they purchase is impacting um, the like the marketing and everything around the marijuana kind of world right now. Oh, yeah. and so the the model is taking them into consideration for mm-hmm. like the targeting. Mm hmm. Which is super interesting because they're not actually the generation that's purchasing the most, but they do have the most purchasing power. That makes sense when you think about it. I would think I'd be really interested to, this is getting nerdy of me, but like (laughs) what the geographical like distribution of those who were actually surveyed as well. Like were they, were they more on the coasts or were, mm. were the middle of America? And so the only reason I say yeah. that the coasts are traditionally a little bit more liberal, open-minded. Mm-hmm. And as you get away from the coast, traditionally, again, they're there, everyone has their own opinions, et cetera. But as you get more toward the middle of America, it, it finds itself to be more conservative in yeah. its, in its yeah. thoughts. You know what? I bet the Pew Research Center shows their research methods. <laughs> We'd have to go look at that. We will have to go look at that. That would be very interesting. Alrighty. So now we have gotten to the gap of it all, the millennial gap. Yeah. Where do you think millennials sit? I think millennials were uh, a good base of illegal users through some period <laughs> of life, if not now. Yeah. And that... It's got to be upwards in that 60% to 70% range where everyone's like, you know, uh, live your life, do your thing, right? I don't know if it necessarily gets up above 80. I wouldn't see that much. I think there are still those of us in our generation that uh, choose to hold on to some more conservative Mm -hmm. values that might be a function of a community we're in or something like that, right? Right, right. Well, again, hit the nail on the head, 70% okay. of adults. And so everyone knows. I haven't read, I haven't seen any of this. This is my gut. It is. You have a good gut. You have a really good gut. And here is the first time we don't see a split between um, recreational and medical approval. Millennials just say, yeah, like freaking do what you want. Do it. <laughs> Smoke that joint. Um, so it's 70 for, 70%. And what I thought was like super interesting is... A handful of things on how millennials use marijuana, which we will get to in just one second after we talk about Gen Z, our little babies. Um, what do you think Gen Z does? And remember, some of them are still underage, so some of them were not like part of the part of the generation was not surveyed for this. I I think Gen Z is probably. I mean, like I said, it seems to follow the same patterns when you're talking about uh, a lot of things across the generations. I think Gen Z's like. Federally, I, th- I think a lot of millennials are too. And when they find the potential candidates that are the ones that might champion federal legalization and or decriminalization, 
you're going to get a majority populace that sits firmly in that millennial and even more Gen Z is what I would think. Yeah, exactly right. You're 90% say, do what you want. Legally. Good, perfect. For, yeah. good for you, Gen Z folks. <laughs> right? So it's super interesting. Um, they are also the first generation that has like been alive. If Gen Z starts in 1996, and 1996 was the first time we had California pass Prop 215, oh, okay. which allowed um, mar- wow marijuana to uh, be legally sold for medical use in the United States. So depending on your where you live, you didn't know, didn't know. a different outcome. Yeah, if you're Gen Z. Marijuana has been legal in some form your entire life, which is very interesting. Um, so they are the first generation to do that. And they have some like very interesting nuances because of that. But we are not here to talk about them today. We are here to talk about millennials. Okay, so how do you think millennials that are choosing to use marijuana are using it? Could you go a little bit more? I don't want to answer this question incorrectly. Um, okay, yeah, sorry. That was not very specific. So... Do you, um, like, it, are we talking, like, edibles? Are we talking vaping? Are we talking uh, old-fashioned method, joints? What yeah. methods are they doing? Yeah. Um, gosh, I think that they would probably lean into vaping and edibles for the convenience of it all. You were correct. You were correct. However. we As a generation, <laughs> we cannot be inconvenienced except to wait on Taylor Swift ticket releases. <laughs> You are, um, you are exactly correct. Um, so millennials are very tech savvy, and we are actually the first adopters, early adopters of new weed tech, um, which is pointed out, which includes vapes, which includes like some of the e-rigs, some of the things mm-hmm. that we are seeing more available in the market um, nowadays. Edibles right. and manufactured edibles. So it's not like yeah. you're making pot brownies in no. your apartment at no. home. Like, exactly. Well manufactured like measured all sorts of things yes millennials are also um it said out of the uh, group that consumes i don't have the right article in front of me but out of the group that it consumes um from each generation they are by far the ones that can talk um or are aware of um things like cannabinoids minor cannabinoids in it or terpenes um, they're aware, they focus more on like strain specific and they're really looking for a curated experience rather than just like anything goes. Um, millennials are also the generation. This is very interesting. Like if you're in a state that allows this in any form, um, you can, you can access brick and mortar stores. And dispensaries mo- for dispensaries, those people. Yes. And yeah. you can, the millennials are the generation that um, will, like, has consistently chosen dispensaries over, like, friends or family as their supplier. Interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's a function of, of some trust, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't have experienced this, but I would think that. Some people who potentially were doing it in an illegal setting, you get what you get is yeah. what I hear the outcomes are. And so it's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, this person referred me to this person and they, they did me wrong. But I always know I'm going to get a consistent experience at a dispensary instead, yeah. right? And I think that kind of ties back to what you were talking about. That's what like got me really interested when you talked about like um, the boomers and kind of a uh, like an input output thing like 
I almost feel like they trust people more than they they would like a curated experience right they're like no nah, I've been doing this for years I know exactly this guy like I'm mm-hmm. gonna keep this rather than try something else yeah um but I don't know that is just a a thought by Jillian tm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um what percentage so uh, they did a poll in 2022 this year okay you're very lord taylor swift 2022 um what how what percentage of millennials do you think have tried marijuana or claim to have tried it one way or another? Oh, I would think uh three quarters somewhere around that mm. that point. Fifty percent. Fifty. Oh 50. not as much as I thought. Yeah. Yep, fifty percent say that they have. Um and I would think for as available as it would be through maybe your influential period of your, your youth and mm-hmm. your college years, that would have been a little bit more off take it. One time. That's what I would have thought. Yes. Yes. Um, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but no, about 50% in the survey said that they have. Okay. Um, one other thing that millennials are doing that's kind of unique to this generation as opposed to other one is that they are heavily investing in marijuana more than they are or more than other generations are. So, um, like marijuana tech companies, things like that. Like they're putting money into these companies, um, time research, all of this into it, which I think is very interesting. And who's to say why that is? Um, I think they understand the demand that exists in a pent up market. I've known, I know that there are a handful of, uh, cannabis based companies that are public mm-hmm. on the stock exchange. Yeah. I've known uh, more than a handful of people that invested maybe too early, maybe before the market has like figured itself out. They've mm-hmm. lost, they've lost money betting yeah. on those uh, cannabis based like producers and whatnot. But I think everyone, everyone's it's almost unwritten. Everyone sees the demand that would exist if the penalties and consequences legally mm-hmm. weren't there to make you question that choice. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that is like, that is a huge thing to kind of wrap your head around as the destigmatization has gone um, kind of socially in a lot of ways, there are still heavy consequences for use for many people. And I'm going to use this moment right now to plug like people like the last prisoner project. People are in jail for tiny amounts of use and in possession. And um, even though some people were let out earlier this year, more people need to be let out, um, in my opinion. And, and if this is something you are passionate about, find places you can donate that are not just going to <laughs> launder your money. Find a reputable source. I really like the Last Prisoner Project. I know Last Podcast on the Left also has um, like resources that you can look at to, to to figure that out. That's something they're very passionate about. Um, but yeah, kind of push for that reform because it people are in jail. Their lives have been drastically altered and ruined due to something that in society is being changed rapidly. So, Right, yeah. and, and it's really interesting to watch the states have to take it on, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. I'm not 
I'm not a political person. I don't identify as a political person. But it seems every time that there's at least a presidential focus Mm -hmm. on electing a new president, that's a constant... It almost... Roe versus Wade was constantly asked up until of recent, obviously, and I'm sure that will get asked further. But it's like, where do you stand on legalizing or decriminalizing mm-hmm. medical marijuana? And so, yeah. uh, one or two campaigns ago, you saw the entire Democratic stage sit there and be like, "Yeah, we're cool. We mm-hmm. day one, we'd love to do." It. And I think a lot of people have been a little disappointed in the words and inactions of some of their elected representatives when it came to their trust of their vote on that topic. Yeah. Yep. No, definitely. Um, there's still a lot to be done there. There's this disproportionately affects minorities too. And so like always that needs to be taken in consideration that, Hey, this is like, do what, do what you can to help the people around you in whatever way you feel that's right. Um, to me, not having people suffer in jail for minuscule actions is the right way to do, especially when there's like, yeah. 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 And while laws are being our conversation sounds uh, more pro than, than con, we personally believe that everyone should go find their own happiness. Like what is that equation of your happiness? If, if this is included, we think it's awesome. We support you. If it's not, if you've come to, you know, uh, that decision that it's not for you, mm-hmm. we celebrate you too. Yeah, absolutely. There is, sobriety is a very beautiful and powerful thing for a lot of people. And if that is your path, we absolutely, sobriety in one thing and sobriety in anything. Sobriety in all things, whatever yeah. your path is, if it, that's what equates to happiness. <laughs> we applaud that. And that's often a very huge undertaking and um, shows a lot of strength and willpower and and should be applauded too. So what we're here as always is just to kind of talk about the nuances of things from our perspectives and not to ever push anyone in one direction or another, but to advocate for the broadest range of life choices that you personally would like to take from. If life is a charcuterie board, I will never eat the salami from a charcuterie board, but doesn't mean Chris won't and love it. (laughs) Doesn't mean... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, when it comes to whatever you're passionate about, if it's this topic, if it's other topics, find the way to support those things um, that you want to go and be passionate about themselves, right? Yeah. And then um, I'll I'll give one more plug for someone that used to be judgy on this side of the, of the couch in an older <laughs> uh, in an older life. Once you find your happiness. Hold it for yourself. Don't project it on other people and whatever that is, yeah. right? You yeah. you found the equation to what your happiness is. If you want to invite people to come experience with it, make it an invitation. Don't don't necessarily force it on people. Yeah. We are not about the world of black and white and very many things here. Live in that nuance, live in that gray. There's a there's just like there's a gap between mine and Chris's age and kind of how that's led to how we view experiences in some mm-hmm. ways, or, or I think now it's like narrowing a little bit and the more we share life together. Um, but definitely like the things we were taught, especially. Yeah. I think our experiences are very different where maybe yeah. where we land on thoughts and ideas, yeah. whatnot are, co- are converging. Yeah. Our experiences are still, still very different. And That's we want to just let everyone know again, broken record, 
support you no matter (laughs) what you do. Yes. As long as you're pursuing the things that that will bring you ultimate happiness. Yeah. 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 So from learning about dare, learning in dare that marijuana was just going to make you eat Doritos all day to learning about all of the good things it can do and, and really just kind of becoming more of a choice for people. We've gone really far in this millennial generation as to what even our options are. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I hope we continue to like go down this path in a, in a lot of other kind of things as we learn about what is safe, what is not. We, um, yeah. Our world continues to open up. Exactly. In I think a lot I'd invite everyone to actually look at things um, stigma removed. Yes. Right there, there are so many attached labels. Mm-hmm. There are so many attached. Um, I guess uh, portrayed outcomes yeah. when it comes to choices that we culturally face day in and day out. And so maybe take a little bit more of a, a holistic approach yeah. and understand what that is to you. And then be open-minded to anything and everything that's around you yeah. is, is my invitation to everyone. Well, Chris, that was a beautiful note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> Where can everyone find us, Jeej? I trained for this all week. They can find us at Mind the Millennial Gap on Instagram. Mind the Millennial Gap on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mind the Millennial Gap Pod on TikTok. Where else can they find us? Mind the Millennial Gap at gmail.com. Mind the Millennial Gap on, on twi- Twitch. On Twitch, yes. On Twitch, yes. Absolutely. Is that all? And so, yes, uh, okay, we perfect. invite anyone and everyone we we love to uh be inclusive in our community and then we invite you to conversations don't think that jillian and i have a monopoly on the topics and conversations we'd love to invite everyone what their thoughts and understandings of conversations or if there's topics that anyone would like to under you know for us to consider or maybe for someone to participate we'd love to have some people on technology is in a place that you don't have to be in the basement of our, our house <laughs> in front of these mics to, to be part of what we're doing here. Yeah. So thank yeah. you, everyone who, who does join us. Thank you, everyone who does listen. We, we see you. We appreciate you. We really do. Thanks for giving us the time and space to do this. All right. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.